The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm Dr. Nigel Finch, and joining me from Melbourne is my guest Jenny Pilcher. Jenny's CFO and Company Secretary of ASX-listed MedTech, Max7 Technologies Limited, under the ticker code M7T. Now, Max7 has a market cap of around 115 mil on a good day. And as it's a MedTech SaaS and operates in the imaging informatics market. Now, I need to declare that in the last three years, I've been a director of Max7 Technologies, and I was chairman of 3D Medical, which was the ASX-listed entity that bought US-based MAX7 onto the ASX when the two companies completed a merger back in 2016. So that's uh, when I uh, got to meet Jenny. So one thing I can tell the audience is that it's always nice to catch up with CFO Jenny Pilcher. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Nigel. Thank you for having me. It's good um, good to join you today. Yeah, so Jenny, it's a good day for Max7 today as well with the share price up 10% on news of another contract renewal. Yes, um, it is, Nigel. That contract relates to um, the Mark 7 product being installed throughout the state of Qatar. And this is a five-year support contract valued at uh, just a touch under 3 million US in total. Yeah, and this is a renewal, of course. This was an existing contract that's been renewed. Yes, it is. Um, HMC or Hamad Medical Centre have been a customer um, of ours for probably around four to five years already. And we were just providing their services annually, but now they have decided to contract us going forward for the next five years. So it's great to have that extra security. And of course, the 25% price lift is always nice. So Max7 software creates a clear and complete view of patient data. So Jenny, can you give our listeners a clear and complete view of what the Max7 software does? Yeah, sure. The easiest way to think of it is the Max7 software, it's a platform technology and it enables healthcare institutions, whether that's a single hospital or a group of hospitals, to consolidate and share all of their medical imaging. Most people think of medical imaging as uh, radiology, so MRIs, X-rays, CT scans, all the imaging that comes off of those. However, it's much broader than that. It includes other specialty departments such as cardiology, dermatology, wound care, just uh, to name a few. So any of those areas that create images, our software looks after um, those and, facil- and makes those images available for all clinicians so that they can treat the patients effectively. So I remember there were people trying to describe this and they were using the analogy, it's, uh, it's, it's x-rays in the cloud. I mean, um, can you just give us a little bit more depth about what the value is uh, to customers, your customers, for having that um, information available in that form? Well, I think a lot of images today are stored in silos. So they sit in a very proprietary um, system within a hospital. And that hospital may have five or six or seven of these different systems that just really don't talk to each other. 
So for a clinician to be able to access a complete patient's record, particularly with imaging data, it can be very fragmented and difficult to do. And that obviously impacts um, treating the patient as well as you can. So what our system does is it just pulls all of that data together in one central platform so that it's um, available centrally and can be accessed very easily across many different locations. So who are the typical customers and what markets are you focused on today? Our customers range from large IDNs, independent delivery networks, uh, which is a term synonymous with the US healthcare market, through to smaller community hospitals, uh, through to also radiology clinics. And also, we also have a few uh, vet customers as well. In terms of the markets, we are focused on the US, which is obviously a very large market globally, Asia, and we're also in Qatar, as mentioned earlier. So you have large hospitals, but you also have national healthcare systems, right? We do. Not so much in the US because that's usually a private, you know, they're private systems, but that we do have the Hospital Authority of Hong Kong, which is a national government contract. So they they purchased our software about 18 months ago specifically to enable the electronic health record for, for their um, population. So that's a national contract. And also we, we think of the state of Qatar also as being a national um, contract. So that those customers are quite common throughout that, those regions. So what's driving your customers to want to share this medical uh, image data? Two things, really. We, we offer quite a um, compelling return on investment proposition, particularly for customers that have perhaps growing through consolidation and find themselves with a number of different systems that they're trying to run. They employ IT resources to manage. They're quite often usually on expensive lock-in contracts. We can help um, standardise that with one contract, one vendor, cheaper price. Uh, so there's there's definitely a return on investment use case. But also, uh, the just the way they treat patients, being able to have a radiologist access a patient record off of one workstation, regardless of where that patient was read, uh, can just create so many more efficiencies uh, for them. And is, is there anything in the regulatory space that is compelling your customers uh, or even patients um, to, to want to have access to um, this data? That varies by region, Nigel. So, for example, in Hong Kong, they're obviously rolling out a nationwide electronic health record for their population. So that was the key driver for them to purchase our product. And I must say that the hospital authority there is a leader in innovation and they tested our product you know, very thoroughly. So for them to purchase that was, you know, we got a lot of um, credit for that. And then in terms of the US market, they have um, regulations as well determining what software and things that hospitals have to implement at certain times. And they they did mandate that all hospitals have to have an electronic medical record. And they're just starting to go through enabling those for images. To today, not many EMRs um, have that image capability without a software like ours powering it. So the software is now in its 12th version. What have been, um, what's been the focus of the software R&D and what 
direction is uh, is the software development taking? So, yeah, the company's been going since about 2008, 2009, and all our, our software, our platform was created internally by our engineers. So it has, we are approaching version 12. So the core, way back then, the, I guess the core platform is now very stable. It's been deployed in many different um, hospital sites, customers, and across the globe. And now it's more about adding work, different functionality. And one of the areas we're targeting there is to get more into the, the PACS industry or market, PACS being Picture Archive Communication System. Uh, so there's there's some functionality we've built into version 12, such as work lists and things. I don't want to get too technical, but that allows us to compete in that market, which is valued at around $2 billion today. Well, what I'm uh, trying to ply out is, uh, do you think um, M&A is part of the software development roadmap for Mac 7? Yes, uh, definitely. So we, we are looking to accelerate growth, particularly now that we've got through profitability and cash flow. We're now cash flow positive. So our business is fundamentally, you know, financially stable. So now it's all about growth. And we're looking at a parallel strategy there. It's investing more in sales and marketing strategy and also M&A. And that M&A strategy does allow us to um, tackle these new markets, such as the PAX market that I was, that I just mentioned. Jenny, like many uh, SaaS businesses, revenue is a combination of, you know, the onboarding of new clients and then the recurring revenues. What does the revenue composition look like today? Yes, so we sell a license fee to our platform and that is um, accounts for roughly a third of our revenues today. We then have uh, serve professional services fees, which come through deployment, training, consulting, that sort of thing as we, as we roll out the platform. And then the recurring element of our revenues are our annual support contracts. And they are today are valued at $9.2 million per annum. We are not recognising all of that yet because there is a lag between signing a customer and getting them through deployment and onto that support contract. So we're not quite at the 9.2 from a P&L perspective, but that is contracted though. And Jenny, what's the cash position today? Yes, so our last quarterly cash reported 23 million cash reserves. We have no debt. Uh, we do not capitalise R&D either. So our balance sheet is very clean. And I think, um, you know, it's been really good to have that strong financial position through this COVID-19 um, market situation as well. And what about the low Australian dollar? How's that likely to impact Max 7? Most of our revenues and our costs are in USD. So there's a bit of a natural hedge there. Where we, where we feel the effects of exchange is if we have to send Australian back to the US business to fund that. But uh, fortunately for us, they are self-funding at the moment. So that's good. Look, you know, we can't, uh, we can't not talk about COVID-19. So what are your predictions for how your customer behaviour will change in a world post-COVID-19? Yes, look, um, there's a couple of points to that. So COVID-19 has seen a drop in radiology or imaging generally, I think, uh, volumes by more than 50% in the US. Fortunately, our revenues have been protected because we sell our license fees up front. So we, we're not impacted by change or falls in, in volumes. So that's the first positive. 
The second point is the market, is, I think, has become aware, a lot of these hospital systems have become aware that they do not have the software and the technologies they need to uh, respond to these types of pandemics and other situations. So we expect there's going to be quite a bit of investment into new technology coming out the other side of this. And we are hopeful and expect that Mark 7 will benefit from that. So Jenny, what metrics should investors be looking at to really understand the progress you are making and also understand the valuation of the company? Yeah, so I think, um, well, firstly, we have, as I mentioned, got a strong balance sheet now and we, we're very well capitalised and we intend to accelerate growth through M&A and investment in sales and marketing, as mentioned. The, the, one of the metrics I like to follow is the, how much we have contracted as an annual recurring revenue metric. And as I mentioned, that's up over 9 million per annum now. So that's uh, probably about 80% of our cost base covered. So I think that's, that's a good guide. And I think Mark 7 gives the investors a really good um, opportunity for a company that's in the medtech space and the SaaS business, as you mentioned earlier, that's got quite an attractive valuation. And can you tell us um, some of the more notable investors who are on the share register now? Sure. So we have substantial shareholders being JM Financial Group here in Melbourne. Uh, Stephen James has been a long-time supporter of this company. And we've also recently welcomed substantial, at least, a climb investment out of Sydney. We've also got Australian Ethical, um, SG Hiscock, Thorny and a few few other ones to name in, in that realm as well. So the register, pretty pleased with the register actually. Jenny, you're um, you're a bit of an experienced hand in this uh, biotech and healthcare space. Can you tell our listeners a little about your background and experience? Yeah, sure. So I'm a qualified chartered accountant um, from New Zealand, actually. But I've been in Australia for almost 20 years now and I landed in healthcare or more specifically biotech in around 2007 and I was the CFO co-sec for Mesoblast for eight years. So that was a um, really good company to work for. It went through enormous growth period while I was there and um, you know, really taught me a lot about how the ASX works and biotech and markets more specifically. And following that, I've stayed in healthcare. I've had a CFO role at Alchemia and now Mark 7 for just over four years. Getting the product and the investor communications right is one thing, but the other thing is the people. And there's been some big changes at Mac 7. So how has the company gone about putting in place the right people? That is a very good question. Um, I think, we're, fortunately, we've, we've always had this really good product product to leverage, right? So then it's been about attracting the right people um, to the company. We've, we um, employed a new CEO around 15 months ago, and he has got a lot of experience in um, smaller, like I would say late stage startup companies. So he's very akin to, to the problems and the challenges that those companies have. So it's, he's been great at getting this company very focused, um, good financial di- discipline, or good discipline generally, actually. We've also welcomed three new board members in the last 18 months. 
uh, which has given us really good diversity. We've got great skills now across industry, across financial capital markets, um, and also a very well-renowned radiologist on our board. So for a small company, I think it's recruited very well and we've got a very good team. So Jenny, building on your experience and certainly your central role in the leadership team, can you share with our audiences uh, some of the challenges in transitioning from that startup mindset into your current scale-up posture? Yeah, sure. It's um, it's never easy, but I think we, we have managed to transition from what was a very engineering R&D-focused and centric company, which was very appropriate at the time, to um, more of a sales and marketing-focused company that is now driving, trying to drive profitability, you know, through cash flow positive, which we've managed to achieve um, and and tackling new markets and, and growing, basically. So to do that, you have to have, you know, you have to have all the good governance um, in place. You have to recruit well, which I think Mark Seven has managed to do. We've got a really good, diverse team and a really well-developed team. So, Jenny, what announcements can we expect to see over the coming quarters from Max 7? So, Nigel, we've got our obviously our full-year results, which will come out mid to late August. Preceding that, we would have our June quarterly cash flow, uh, which will be a good result given the recent Hong Kong Hospital Authority purchase order. We will also continue to announce the more material major sales wins as and when they occur. We tend to bundle some of the smaller ones up into a quarterly release, um, but the more material ones we will announce. And as I said earlier on the call, I think once, particularly once the US starts to get traction again post-COVID-19, we should start to see some good activity coming out of that. So Jenny, in 20 seconds or less, can you tell us why investors should be adding Max 7 to their watch list? Yes, I think Mark 7 is a really exciting um, company. It's got good, strong revenue growth. It's just broken through profitability. It's generating cash flow positive returns and it's got an attractive um, revenue multiple that we, we feel is just going to get better. And relative to its peers, particularly in the medtech space, um, I think this represents a really good investment. Well, thank you to my guest, Jenny Pilcher, Chief Financial Officer and Company Secretary of Max7 Technology, for joining us for this edition of Stock Talk. And you can stay in touch with us through our StockEd website. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our twice-daily newsletters for ASX Markets coverage, company profiles and industry insights.